You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast as we go through a series called Principles of Prayer. We pray that this encourages and blesses you today. I I love the way that God works through the body of Christ. And we're not all gifted in exactly the same way. And there's beauty in that. I, I think that's difficult for us sometimes because we have this idea, that's what a good believer looks like. And we try to emulate that, and, and, but that's not our gifting. And so uh, we should be able to sing like that. We should be able to, to do this. We should be able to pray like that. We should be able to, uh, to do the things that they do because that's what it's supposed to look like, right? And, and, and we lose some of the beauty because in the Psalms, it tells us that you are uniquely and wonderfully created, each of us, individually. I do this with my students a lot. I, I, I tell them, I say, hold up a finger. I just did this this week. I say, hold up a finger and, and turn it around, look at it. And, and what is special about that, what you see in front of you, is its fingerprint. And God showed me this years ago. It's a fingerprint, right? And, and so if you know Anything about the FBI, I like, I like cop shows on television, so I know a lot about the FBI, or at least I think I do, whatever they say on the show, right? <laughs> Has to be the truth, it's on television. Uh, so, but if you know anything about the FBI or the police, that's how they identify people, right? That's how they identify people, why? Because no one has the exact same one. And I think to myself, this body is temporary, It's going to rot in the dirt. This is not my eternal home. It's a tent. It's a temporary dwelling where my spirit and soul dwell until I'm forever with Christ. And if the uniqueness of my fingerprint, the creator God of the universe, took the time, took the time to make that special, how much more my soul and all of the gifts and talents that he's given me and what he wants me, what he wants you, what he wants each one of us to do for and in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Think about that. Your fingerprints are so unique. Not another person on this planet has the same ones. And they're perishable. They'll go away. So the eternal parts of you have to be so much more detail put into that. And so to me, that is just such a beautiful picture of that creativity of God when we look at the body of Christ. And so that's why we're, hey, come up here and do some announcements. Hey, do, do some prayer. And let's get a little bit of, of uh, different people doing stuff. Okay? Uh, we want to focus on prayer uh, during our time during this uh, during this 21-day fast. We want uh, to give opportunity for people to pray. Uh, And a lot of people, that's scary. Praying is scary, right? Praying in front of people is really scary. Praying in general, for, for most of you, you're like, I got that. I can do that, as long as it's not out loud, right? Now, some of you are like, sign me up. I want to pray in front of everybody as loud as I could possibly go. And others are like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. 
okay? I can't see a thing without my glasses, but they're like blurry, so I'm like, we're just going to have to fight through this, right? Uh, so uh, I, I just really enjoy watching the way that God uses everybody. And so uh, I wanted to bring Brian up here to do the announcements tonight. And um, first of all, it gives you a break from me doing the announcements. I feel like a, a robot sometimes doing exactly the same thing every week in announcements. And, and secondly, Brian does a lot around here. And, and man, if you've been around here for a long time, you know, right? And I just, I appreciate that guy so much. And just the work that the Lord does in him and through him in this place. And it is, it is just a blessing to be able to serve the Lord with him. So um, that's just awesome. And I just wanted to make sure uh, that you knew that. So tonight we're going to continue our series in prayer. Last week we, we talked about, and our whole theme is prayer is, right? Uh, and so I'm going to give you a couple of words. But uh, my first word that I'm going to give you is not our theme tonight. But it's real. Prayer is hard. It's hard. It's hard. And we were at our prayer meeting on Friday night, right? And we're doing worship, and, we're, and, and one of the pastors comes up and he says, hey guys, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pause for a few minutes, and we're really going to do some self-reflection. I'm going to set a timer for five minutes. And for some of you, that's going to feel like an eternity. You're going to be like, is it over yet? Is it over yet? Is it over yet? Is it over yet? That's a really long time, five minutes. And others are just like, what happened? That was like a minute and a half. Are you kidding? He's done? I just got started, right? And so the, the ideal here is it doesn't come naturally to all of us. It's not something, okay, that is like, hey, this is pretty easy. You just got to talk to God, right? I mean, it is, but it's not. It's pretty easy, you just got to talk to God, but it's not easy, okay? It's not easy, and, and Julius didn't even know he was priming you, okay, uh, when he said, hey, I know there's a lot of distractions in here tonight. I know your brain's all over the place, but can you just take a moment, and can we just focus, right? Because there are a lot of distractions, not just... Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that person doesn't know me very well, doesn't, do they? It's 5.30 on a, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, right. Okay, 5.30 on a Friday. I don't even know why that thing's on. Sunday. Sunday. My brain's all over the place. I told you, this is hard, right? Uh, I want to read you this comment. Uh, by J. Oswald Sanders, and J. Oswald Sanders has written a lot of books on prayer and stuff. Oh, you got it. I didn't, I, I didn't think that was going to be up there. Uh, that's awesome. And it, it says, no spiritual exercise is such a blending of complexity and simplicity. It is the simplest form of speech that infant lips can try, yet the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high. It is as appropriate to the aged philosopher as to the little child. It is an agony and an ecstasy. It is submissive and yet importunate. Strange word, right? It means repetitive. It means persistent, right? 
we submit to the Lord, but we also persist in the things that we ask for, right? In the one moment, it lays hold of God and binds the devil all at the same time. It can be focused on a single objective and it can roam the world. It can be abject confession or rapt adoration. It invests puny man with a sort of omnipotence. That's a pretty powerful statement. I don't think I need to say anything more. Woo! Praise God! Let's pray and go home. Um, so that, when I read that statement, I was just like, wow, right? That's, uh, uh, I quoted a little bit from the beginning of that big paragraph from his book and a little bit from that. I left out a couple of sentences there in the middle. Uh, they use some language again, and I explained a couple of words to you, but they use some other language that we don't use today that sounds a little weird uh, in our culture. So uh, you're welcome to look that up uh, and read that uh, from J. Oswald Sanders on prayer. Uh, but it's a very powerful, you think about that, whether it's the the Billy Grahams of the world that are leading tens of thousands of people to Christ, reaching out and entering into the throne room of God on his knees, praying for those lost souls. And uh, if you know who he was, right, in those huge stadium events that he would do where 50 or 60,000 people would come out to listen to him preach. And every night there would be thousands of people that would come forward and give their lives to the Lord. That prayer is as precious to God as a three or four year old kneeling by their bed with mommy. And both of them have the ability to enter into the throne room of God and talk to our creator. It doesn't matter whether it's the Billy Grahams of the world, the J. Oswald Sanders, who obviously this guy gets it, right? Or if it's a three year old kneeling next to his mom his dad, learning to pray, crying out to his creator. What an awesome, awesome privilege. So uh, I recently read a book, okay? Um, when I say read, I think I've made this abundantly clear to you guys. It means that I listen to it, okay? Uh, I love Audible. I'm a big fan of Audible. It has really helped me. I would, on average, read about one book a year before Audible. And then Pastor Daniel introduced me to Audible. Now I do about 12 to 15 books a year, about average one book a month. Um, so I think that's a, a pretty excellent resource for somebody like me because I'll explain to you a little bit about my brain. I'll start reading and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I need this at the grocery store. <laughs> you guys do that, right? I'll be like, and the Lord said write toilet paper. <laughs> I remember now, right? Yes, and then they went up onto the Mount of Toothpaste. Um, okay, so uh, I recently read this book, The Spirit of Disciplines by Dallas Willard. <laughs> the funny thing about this book, and I hope Dallas never listens to this, I don't think he will, uh, but the funny thing about this book is that it requires an incredible amount of discipline to read this book, even to listen to this one. <sighs> 
You know, some people are these incredibly dynamic writers and they just draw you into their book, whatever it's about. You're like captivated by the words. And I've read a lot of those books on spirituality and things like that. This guy, it takes a lot of discipline, but he's brilliant. But it takes a lot of discipline to read his books, right? And so he says, the purpose of spiritual disciplines is not to earn God's favor, but to align our hearts with his. The purpose of spiritual disciplines is not to earn God's favor, but to align our hearts with his. And he goes on to say in that same book, the disciplines are activities of mind and body purposefully undertaken to bring our personality and total being into effective cooperation with the divine order. They enable us more and more to be able to live in power that is, strictly speaking, beyond us, deriving from the spiritual realm itself as we yield ourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead and our members as, in, our members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Okay, did you understand that? Did you see that? See, that's a tough one, isn't it? Okay, listen. These guys are, are way smarter than me. I like books written at about an eighth grade level where I'm like, yes, I understand every word he said. I don't even have to look one of them up, okay? But importunate, that one was a big one, okay? Um, and so, uh, but, but the point here, and what I love about this quote is disciplines are activities of mind and body purposefully undertaken to bring our personality and our total obedience into effective cooperation with the divine order. That's the purpose of disciplines. And prayer is discipline. I said it's hard. And that's why I wanted to start with that. It is hard. It takes discipline. It takes discipline. So a few years ago, uh, my, at the time, 17-year-old son wanted to go to the gym well, in the afternoons, I don't have a lot of time, but I was like, this is valuable. I, I, and some of you guys know this story. And so I said, I need to carve out that time. And so we started going to the thing in the afternoon, and then I had some stuff come up at school where it committed me in the afternoons, and we couldn't go due to his work schedule and mine. And I said, the only way we can do this and for me to continue going to the gym with you is at 5 a.m., from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., okay? Now, mind you, he's in high school, and I don't know if you know many high schoolers, okay, that are willing to get up at four, well, for him, it was like 4.50, okay, uh, to get to the gym by five o'clock, right? And so every morning, I'd get up at 4.20, I'd spend a little bit of time with the Lord, and then I'd wake my son up at 4.50, and we'd get ready, and we'd go to the gym from five to six every day of the week. And it was hard. And it was really hard. And we did that for two years. And it was too hard, so we quit. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest, it's working out, it's not praying, right? Todd, I don't want to discourage you there, okay? Uh, but, but I do want you to understand, guys, we make discipline commitments all over our lives. We become disciplined. One of the things with fasting that we're doing right now is trying to discipline our bodies. 
to say, you can do without this, right? You can do without this thing. Whatever it is that, that you're fasting from over these 21 days, part of it is the discipline to remind yourself, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this thing, right? Now, you need food. Don't get me wrong, okay? You can't survive without food, but you can survive for a little while without it. And it is good to discipline our bodies and take days where we completely fast from food, right? But there are other things that we can fast from as well. And Pastor Daniel talked about some of those things last week. Most of us are completely addicted to our phones, okay? And you know this if you go into any restaurant in the United States. An entire family sitting at a restaurant like this. If you went up to that family and said, what are you doing? I'm looking at TikToks. What are you doing? Snap. Mom and dad, what are you doing? Playing Wordle. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, making a grocery list, right? And, and it would be things that are not important at all, but we're addicted. We need to be on them, right? And it takes great discipline. So maybe those are some of the things that you need to work on. Maybe those are some of the things, right? And, and I know for me, I had to go through my phone and delete a few apps. And that's part of my discipline. Because I know if they're there, you know what I'm going to accidentally do because it is my habit. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to click on it. And I'm going to, oh, I'm fasting from that. No, I deleted them. You have to. And that's part of discipline. And that is part of discipline. So we're going to talk tonight because I want to encourage you, right? Prayer is hard. Prayer is hard. I want to encourage you out of the Gospels. I'm going to take you to the book of Mark uh, in uh, chapter 14 and verse uh, 32. And so I'm going to read this whole passage of Scripture to you, uh, and then we'll pray over it and, and have God, God guide us through his word. Uh, Mark 14, 32 through 42, it says, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? 38. Verse 38. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And I want to read to you Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, the beginning of that. Again, in, in the Gospel of Luke, in verse 39, he says, He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. 
Lord, we thank you that we can dig into your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you that your word is there to encourage us, to push us, to grow us, to challenge us, to make us look more like you. So Lord, tonight we ask that your spirit would guide us as we study your word. Lord, that we would hear from you. Not just words written down on a page, Lord, but Lord, you speaking to us through your word, living and active, holy, the spirit of God ministering to our hearts right where we're at. We thank you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. I want to point out in Luke twenty two thirty nine, 39, and the reason that I brought that back in is it says, as was his custom, as was his custom, as was his custom. What's your custom? What's your custom? It was really difficult for me to get up at four or something in the morning. And in the beginning, I would get up just a little bit before him and try to squeeze in. Okay, I'm a big coffee guy. So that's usually the first thing I do is that I make my coffee. And as the coffee brews, uh, I get, you know, other things ready. And then I'll get my cup of coffee and I'll get my headset, my phone, my Bible, and I'll go sit outside on the back porch and I'll spend some time with the Lord. That's as my custom. And even today, okay, and that custom I had established before I started going to the gym. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning, I have to commit to spending this 20 minutes to half an hour with the Lord before I go to the gym. Otherwise, I'm not allowed to go to the gym. Discipline, discipline. I wanted the discipline of being healthy, of going to the gym, of spending that time with my son, but, but I told myself, how can I be disciplined in that and forsake the discipline of the Lord? How can I do that? So I beat myself up. I pushed my body and subject him. And you know what? Submission. You can do it. You can do it. I did it. Oh, I was tired, y'all. I was tired. Maybe wasn't the most pleasant person to be around from time to time because how tired I was as my body got into rhythm. And then you know what started happening? I'd wake up right before my alarm went off. Do you guys do that? Because my body gets in custom, gets in rhythm of the things that I train it to do, that I train it to do. And after two years, it was just programmed. 420 was no longer difficult. It was just what I did. Now, at 9 o'clock, if I sit down, I'm gone. When I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know those, those dads, you know, that sit on the couch and, right, they're asleep before the show starts. They're like, yeah, 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 let's watch this together. Right? Uh, that, that was me at that time, right? Now my disciplines have shifted about an hour, and now I run instead of go to the gym. So I don't have to spend as much time getting prepared. There's no driving or anything like that. I just switched to running. Because you know, once you hit 50, which I did this year, everything you eat stays with you. It's just so weird. Goodness, right? Anyway, uh, so as was his custom, what is your custom? What are we doing? 
These are the things that we can change. These are the things that make prayer easier. And so I was reading uh, this commentary of this guy that was, was talking about this, where I got this J. Oswald Sanders quote from, and, and he was talking about this, and he said, uh, when, when he first started his church, he said they, their office was in a trailer, and there was a paneling wall between his secretary's office and his office. And he could hear everything that went on in the other room. Every person that came in, every phone call she made, everything. So he's sitting in his office. Hallelujah, he got an office, right? That's how the pastor feels when he's first planning a church. It's like, awesome, I got an office. I don't care if it's in a trailer. I don't care where it's at. I got an office and it's going to be special study time and I'm going to be able to, to just set myself apart, right? And I'm going to connect with the Lord in these moments. And so he said every time he went into that office, there were so many distractions that he couldn't study, that he couldn't pray. The office was supposed to fix that. It didn't. And so he found himself when he needed to pray, when he wanted to spend that intimate time with the Lord, randomly parking his car in a parking lot and sitting in his car for an extra 20, 30 minutes, just connecting with the Lord. Nobody questions you when you sit in your car at the Target. Yeah, there's distractions there, but they're really easy to get rid of. Just sit in your car and pray. What is your custom? What is it that it's going to take to get you to be able to focus and spend time with the Lord? And so, uh, what is your focus? So, the reason that I wanted to read this passage of Scripture, scripture to you is... Uh, First of all, I love Peter. He's one of my favorites because he's wildly amazing and spiritual and an absolute dipstick on the other end of things. I mean, Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan, at one point. You've got him preaching and 3,000 people get saved. I never met a pastor that preached and 3,000 people got saved. So this guy is a superstar, right? But he's also a numbskull. The things he does, I mean, he denied Jesus, three times, right after he said, Lord, that won't be me. And Jesus said, hey, this is not a battle with weapons, so we will have no swords. And Peter goes, I got it, Lord, and pulls out his sword. And the Lord's like, oh, right? I imagine how many times the Lord's looked at me and went, oh. You ever think about that? How many times the Lord's went, Oh, I got to clean up that mess again. Probably, honestly, truthfully, never. Because he's the Lord. And he goes, yeah, it's messy, but I love him. I love him. It's one more mess to clean up, right? In our brokenness as parents, there are times when we're like, oh, if they make one more mess today, Right? But at the same time, you don't mind cleaning up that mess because you love them until they're old enough to clean up their own mess. And then you're mad, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen, right? Okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, but listen, I love this passage of scripture because here's the thing. These guys were tired. We can beat them up all we want. We can evaluate them. We can say, how dare they? They're with the creator of the universe in flesh, and Jesus looks at them and says, hey, 
the first thing he says, and I don't know if you noticed that or not, he didn't tell him to pray the first time. He said, keep watch. Sit here and keep watch, right? And that kind of jumped out to me this time. I was like, oh, I thought he told them to pray every single time that he left. And he came back and they were asleep and he was like, could you not just keep watch for one hour? Oh, look at that. Jesus was gone for one hour praying. All we get in scripture is that he said one thing, Father, let this cup pass from me. He said, could you not keep watch for just one hour? And then it says he went back and he prayed the same thing again. And this time he told him, hey, I'm going to go back and I'm going to pray some more. You guys pray. Maybe keeping watch was too hard, right? Maybe actually praying will keep them awake, right? Do you remember your first prayer meeting? Do you remember? Okay, maybe, maybe you haven't been to one and that's okay, right? We're all at different stages in our walk. And, and I remember the first time coming to a prayer meeting. And, and listening to the people putting together the prayer meeting and telling me, hey guys, we're going to get together and I'm so excited. We're going to be praying together for an hour and a half. Now at this point in my walk, I'd never prayed for more than five minutes. I was like an hour and a half. I'm going to fall asleep. And I did. <laughs> I did. You ever fallen asleep in a prayer meeting? Yeah, some of you are just too prideful to shake your head. Yes, aren't you? <laughs> Guys, life is tough. And busy. And crazy. And wild. And you're tired. And you know what my body likes to do when I close my eyes? <laughs> and I bow my head. And the room gets quiet. And the guy next to me prays in this monotone voice for like 10 minutes straight. Lord God, I would like to. Thank you. I'm like, I don't know. Amen, amen. Amen, right? Or maybe somebody nudges you and like, hey, we're done. You're like, that's Because prayer is discipline, and discipline takes time. We don't learn these things overnight. This is not something that, that is just like, look at these disciples. They're walking with Jesus. He's in his last hours. Guys, they've been walking with him for three years, and they still struggle. They're still struggling to have these spiritual disciplines, these things in place. So don't be discouraged. Discipline doesn't come without failure. Discipline doesn't come without failure. You are going to fail. You're going to fail. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> I went to church, pastor told me I was going to fail. I feel so good. <laughs> you're going to fail. You're going to try to pray and you're going to fall asleep. You're going to try to fast and you're going to slip up. And before you even know it, you're shoving Oreos in your mouth. <laughs> Glutton. Because it's my custom. Because it's my custom. It's my custom to grab that thing and put it in my mouth when I'm stressed out. It's my custom to do this, or it's my custom to do this. That's why we say, what is your custom? 
And customs change. They can change, but it takes discipline. It takes discipline, right? And so we see in this passage of Scripture, he comes back to them and he says, hey, pray, pray. I'm going to go back. Now y'all pray. And then he comes back and he says, hey, could you not pray? Even you couldn't keep watch. Now you can't pray. You know what? And, and these are the moments where you look at Scripture and you go, you know what? The grace of God. It takes us to the, that passage of Scripture back where Moses is hiding in the cleft of the rock. You guys know that's Jesus. We just went through all that, right? He's hiding in the cleft of the rock, re representing Jesus so, so he can see, okay, this uh, like glory of God, right? And, and this, this glimpse of the glory of God. I lost my train of thought. Okay, great. All right. So listen, okay. So God is gracious. That passage of scripture tells us he is abounding in grace. It talks about the character of God. See, I just had to stop and go, Lord, give me the thought. Okay. Uh, and there it is. He's abounding in grace abounding in grace and mercy. Remember that when you fail. Remember that when you don't do it well. Guys, he's not looking at you and going, come on, it's 21 days. Can't you? Come on. Come on. But he does put people in our lives that says, hey, let's do this thing. I believe in you. I know you can. And I love it because we have nine churches together that are all coming together for this same idea, this same thing, to be able to pray together. And do you know why that's so important? Do you know why those Friday nights are so powerful for people? Because I need somebody to look at me and say, way to go, you made it this far. Whatever you're fasting from, whatever you're doing, good job. Because every once in a while, I need an attaboy. We do. And what I love about Jesus in this passage of Scripture is he does correct them. Because discipline requires correction. If you're a parent in here, you know that. Your kids aren't just going to figure it out by themselves. It requires correction. We need somebody to come alongside of us. We need somebody to say, okay, you failed. How do we succeed next time? What caused you to fail? Having the Oreos in the closet. <laughs> okay, so next time we get rid of the Oreos. You want me to throw Oreos away? <laughs> well, if that's what it takes. If that's what it takes. Well, my kids really like them. Well, have your kids fast Oreos with you. I'm just using a silly thing. I don't even like Oreos. <laughs> Linda's cookies, that's a whole different ballgame, y'all, right? So we see Jesus, and he comes back, and he tells his disciples the third time. Oh, guys, again, asleep? All right, time's up. We're going on. We're moving to the next phase. We're moving to the next phase. But this is what I love about the Lord because he doesn't give up on them. He doesn't give up on them. 
And so I told you, Peter's a mess. He's all over the place, right? He says these things to the Lord. He says those things. He does these things. He denies him, okay? He preaches a little bit later, but let's look at what happens right before he preaches. We're gonna jump to Acts chapter one, verses 12 and 14. Acts 1, 12 and 14. But they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount uh, called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. All these were with one accord and were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Look at that, guys. They couldn't pray in the garden when Jesus was about to get crucified. And now, right before the Holy Spirit's going to come and overflow them, and there's going to be a wild move of God inside of the church, these guys got it. It takes time. It takes discipline. Discipline takes work, but results in victory. Discipline takes work, but results in victory. That's beautiful. That's amazing. It's hard. Prayer is hard. Prayer is discipline. It takes work. We've got to work at it. I've got to find my spot. What is it? Do you know if I need to pray in the middle of the afternoon, you know what I have to do? Go for a walk. Because my house, there's this dog that lives there. <laughs> he's mine and he's just a little crazy he barks at everything he does all these types of things and if you want a quiet space it ain't in the house he kind of fits our personality he's loud he's a little crazy a little wild that's why we love him right but if you want a quiet space you've got to find a new space I've done exactly what that pastor said I've parked in a parking lot and said, you know what? I just need to sit here for a few minutes and I need to cry out to God. Sometimes at five o'clock in the morning when I'm letting my dog out before I go on a run, I'll just stand on my back porch. I'll just look in the air and I'll just pray because there's no noise. There's no distraction. There's no people around. So I have to find that space. I have to find that place where I can make that connection to God. So God said, hey, I want you to come to me. I want you to enter into my throne room. I want you to talk to me. I want you to call me Abba. Abba, dad, because I want to have that kind of relationship with you. I want you to be able to come to me and I want you to tell me whatever it is on your heart. Don't hide it from me. I know everything. Scripture says he knows the inner depths of our thoughts. Scary. There are things we think that we never tell anybody, but God knows. And he says, I want you to talk to me. I want you to lay your soul before me so I can heal you. Pray. Pray. Make that space, find that time, create that custom. It says they were in one accord and were devoting themselves to prayer. That's a beautiful thing about Friday nights. 
Everybody's in the same place. We're all in one accord. We're all in it together. All of us coming from different angles, but all there for the same purpose. Nine churches going, hey, we're going to take some time out and we're going to pray. We're going to discipline ourselves for the next hour and a half and we're going to sit in the presence of the Lord. That's what they do then. I'm not telling you that right now, okay? Didn't want you to get confused, right? Some of you can pray for five minutes before you get distracted. That's okay. Next week, try to pray for seven. And the week after that, go for 10. You can do this thing. Some of you are so gifted in prayer that you can sit in a silent space for over two hours and it feels like five minutes. And you'll be like, oh, I've been praying for like two hours, right? Well, praise God for you. Praise God for you. I think that's amazing. Okay? That's not my gift. I, I, I've prayed for two hours before. But it usually takes me being in a, in a place with people around me that are supporting me in prayer to be able to go that long. So I want to encourage you. Don't be discouraged. If Peter can do it, you can do it. We all make mistakes, guys. We all do things because discipline takes time. Discipline takes time, right? Discipline takes time, but results in victories. Oh, Lord, we come before you. Lord, we, we desire to be overwhelmed by your presence. Lord, fill this place as we sing. Lord, <clears throat> what a special gift you've given us to come in, to be filled by you. So we pray, Lord, tonight that you would do a mighty move among us. Lord, we come before you to remember the work that you did on the cross. Help us, Lord, to never take it for granted. This is Pastor Daniel Williams at Redemption Church in Delray Beach. Thank you so much for listening to that message. We pray it was an encouragement. It was a blessing to you as we love to pursue and to proclaim Jesus together. And so no matter where you're listening, whether it be YouTube or our podcast, you can go to more resources at redemptiondb.com and even partner with us in ministry to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. God bless you. And thank you so much for listening.